that doesn't taste good even when it's been cooked for four hours. Uh, in at least one case, uh, spice near the end of cooking is a plus uh, on cooked fresh spinach. Trust me on this, it'll take spinach to a whole new level. You didn't know spinach could be this good. Even if you don't like spinach, try it. If you still don't like spinach, fine. But I'm telling you, this is a game changer for fresh spinach. It's amazing. The Culinary Libertarian Podcast, episode 37. Welcome to the Culinary Libertarian Podcast, where the philosophy is free, but the food is on you. Hello folks, Dan Reed here, the Culinary Libertarian. Welcome back to the podcast. Happy to have you here. Happy to be here. few details first. Head over to my podcasts page, culinarylibertarian.com slash podcasts, and there you can join me in my Eating Liberty Facebook group. You can also follow me on Twitter and Minds and Bitbacker.io as well as subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is kind of like my own little cooking show. All of those icons are on the podcast page. Also, I appreciate all the support you have shown so far, uh, and those are either by joining those groups or with your donations through Patreon or Bitcoin or PayPal. You can also support the show by sharing the show on social media, liking it and sharing it to your friends on Facebook, and also liking the show on your favorite podcatcher. And a big thank you to Brandon Queen for the humorous headline and positive review and five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, Brandon. When you leave a rating and review, that gets the show more digital traction and helps move the show up in the rankings so more people can find it. And the more people who find it are the more people who get cooking. An additional way you can support the show is to get on my email list. There's an easy way to do that, and you can do that on the podcast's page by picking up my Muffins e-cookbook. Just give me your email address. I'll send you a few emails once a week, and you get to bake some muffins. Folks, you know the 2020 election cycle is already started and each Democratic candidate is promising more and more just to score points and get 10 seconds of, hey, look at me. Everything is for free, but of course we know nothing is for free. It is all just so much idiocy because, well, it's actually idiocy. Learn about real economics with my affiliate, Liberty Classroom. Subscribe to Liberty Classroom through my link, culinarylibertarian.com slash bite back, and bite back against the failed education from the state. Choose from over 20 courses with lectures brief enough you can listen on the commute, in the garden, or at the stove. Courses range from American Economics, How Freedom Settled the West, and History of Political Thought, plus many more. Click over and subscribe to Liberty Classroom today and get the education you were denied. CulinaryLibertarian.com slash bite back. No guests today, it's just me. 
I am doing an episode on herbs and spices and spice mixtures. I've got some garlic coming up in my garden, and quite nicely, thank you so much. And wee little sprouts of chervil and chives and marjoram. And I thought, now is a good time, being the beginning of June, to talk about herbs and spices and what to do with them, and some ways that I classify them for an easier way to understand, well, how to use them. So, let's find out how to use them. Last fall, just before the winter officially came, I dug out my little spindly thyme plant, put it into a pot, and moved the pot into the garage. During the day, I would put that pot outside in the sun, and at nighttime, uh, bring it in to protect it from the frost. And over the course of the winter, now into the spring, that thing is huge and lush and amazing. And I attribute all of that to the time plant alone. <laughs> I claim nothing except moving it around. Spring means herbs, and herbs leads to spices. Yin and Yang, Martin Lewis, Frank and Dean, Woods and Murphy. Pairs which just go together. The first distinction to make are herbs and spices. Herbs are the leaves and or tender stems of aromatic plants. What in the heck is an aromatic plant? Well, I'm going to answer that, but first I'm going to say that there are lots of rabbit holes to go down, and that doesn't interest me. It does interest me, but as a listening event, it's about as boring as watching herbs grow. An aromatic means, for our simple purposes, a pleasing aroma or taste. Herbs are leaves or stems which offer that pleasant aroma to uh, and, uh, and flavor. That's the key. Herbs are leaves or stems which offer that pleasant flavor and aroma to foods. Uh, in a few cases, flowers are also herbs and lavender immediately comes to mind. Uh, it is quite possible to quibble about such things as nasturtiums and violets and borage, which actually is an herb, and more, but that seems mostly a distinction of academics for its own sake, and that's not a bad discussion, but it starts to be a distinction without a difference, and that's another show. Not mine. Somebody else's. In herbs, I identify two broad categories. Salad herbs and cooking herbs. Salad herbs are herbs which are easy to chew and are palatable. So, chives, chervil, tarragon, parsley, cilantro, basil, and there are others, uh, are leafy green herbs, and in my designation, are, they are the salad herbs. They could easily be added to a salad, and the eater would not labor to chew them. Uh, I would add marjoram to that list, uh, and depending on the leaf's age, oregano as well. Uh, Italian oregano. Uh, they're a bit more pungent uh, and more potent, but I kind of like that thing. And so they could be used as salad herbs, but not everybody would agree with that. Cooking herbs require at least heat to extract the flavor from the leaf. 
If the leaf is intended to be eaten, as most can be, then that leaf is going to at least need something else uh, in the way of mechanical alterations. And that's just a fancy way to say it needs to be chopped. Cooking herbs are mint, which could be a salad herb, but wow, (laughs) potent. Uh, Mint, rosemary, lavender leaves, and flowers. Now, lavender leaves can be salad herbs if used sparingly, but most people don't like that. And the flowers, to my taste buds, must be cooked. Uh, Cooking herbs also are sage and thyme and the previously mentioned marjoram and oregano. Uh, There are more, of course, but I think that that's sort of the top tier of recognizable uh, cooking herbs. Spices are the seeds, bark, dried stems, roots, pods, stamen of aromatic plants. Now, here there are some interesting distinctions and originations. Fennel seed, a spice, comes from the fennel plant, an herb, a salad herb, and a vegetable. So you may see in your local grocery store this weird bulb, the celery-looking thing. Well, that's fennel. It is frequently misidentified as anise, which is just it's a level of idiocy that bothers me, but it's not anise. It's fennel. And all of what you see is the vegetable part and the stalk and the stems can be eaten Um, the stems can be really fibrous, like a celery is real fibrous. So if you're going to saute them for like, like to eat as a veg, I'd recommend cutting them pretty small because they're pretty chewy. The inside part, they're better actually for, um, for stocks that you're going to be strained out, but you want that flavor. The bulb of the fennel, boy, howdy, you know, that's the money, uh, especially inside right at the core those tender white inside leaves are just as tender as can be and they it has that expected slight anise kind of flavor and if you don't like that then you're not gonna like fennel however i like that so oh the inside tender part the oh my gosh is that so good so if you find it and you like the flavor give it a shot uh moving on dill seed comes from dill Coriander seed comes from coriander. Um, sorry, <laughs> coriander seed comes from cilantro. Celery seeds do come from celery. Uh, cumin and caraway seeds uh, in the plant is in the carrot family, and as such, they have those nice frilly little tops that could be salad herbs. But the real contribution is the seed. Uh, I have seen no evidence that the roots of cumin and caraway were used in in culinary. They may have been used in medicinal, but I, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, as pods go, cardamom is the most obvious to me and is one of my all-time most bestest favorite flavors for enriched sweet doughs like cinnamon rolls. Cinnamon and cardamom are excellent companions together and they both complement each other oh my just so well uh it's so if you're making cinnamon rolls a little bit of fresh ground you know fresh ground is hard to do because you need a spice grinder um if you can buy cardamom ground in the bulk section at your store 
It's going to be kind of expensive, but you're better off buying a, a small portion at a time if you can get it instead of buying a jar off the spice shelf because once it's ground, it loses, it's like Miracle Max, it loses its potency. Um, so buy what you need instead of having it sit around because we don't use cardamom a lot. Uh, but cardamom and cinnamon mixed together in a cinnamon roll or mixed together inside the layers of an apfelstrudel. Oh, man. It's just like a hug from inside. A less obvious pod is the red pepper. Uh, and firstly, I mean the sweet red pepper, which you see as the vegetable or <laughs> sadly used on the crudity tray. Oh, poor pepper. There is a particular variety that has thicker flesh walls and a slightly darker color than normal. And that's kind of the one that they use for paprika. Now, paprika is, there's two main kinds. The Hungarian paprika uh, does have that rich color and that deep, deep flavor. And it's not spicy hot. Uh, Spanish paprika, that's the one that's smoked. Uh, it still has that deep, actually deeper color because of the smoke, but a rich, rich flavor and no spicy heat. Paprika is really great as a foundational flavor. It just has a, uh, it's just a, a grounded earthiness to it. That is, it's, it's kind of like a flavor foundation. So, um, paprika would be the base of a thing. Think about uh, paprikash. Or, and, and so on top of that, uh, of course, because it's a pepper, it's going to take heat just fine, and they'll be nice together. Um, there are a few other things. You could add uh, thyme would go with that. Um, you have to think a little bit more. Uh, actually, crazy enough is sumac would go with that, but we're not going to talk about sumac right now. But, there, but as a base, as, the, as, as a foundation, paprika is very, very good. Uh, another pepper pod is the cayenne pepper, and everyone knows about that because you've probably got some dried cayenne pepper in your cabinet, and it's that kind of scary orange powder that you you know is just crazy hot. Well, it is pretty hot when it's dried. The cayenne pepper plant is a spectacular uh, summer plant for now. You can grow it in a small pot on your window. Inside or outside, if you've got cats, <laughs> if they eat the pepper, they may not come back, so that might be okay. Let's take a moment out for a word from my sponsor. The fresh cayenne pepper is just so different than the dry stuff. Um, now, one of the things we need to talk about real quickly is pepper heat. Uh, the measurement for pepper heat is called a Scoville unit, named after Mr. Scoville. And the higher the number, the higher the heat. Uh, I don't know what the numbers are. I, do, I, haven't, I don't pay attention to that. I just know that you can get into the hundreds of thousands of Scoville units, and that's the kind of stuff that just sort of melts your interior. Uh, I think now the hottest pepper people are breaking about is the ghost pepper. There might be one even hotter, but honestly, I don't even know how you could tell once your mouth is, <laughs> once your face is on fire, hot is hot. Uh, I don't care for that stuff. I don't. I, hot for hot sake doesn't interest me at all. The cayenne pepper, as a fresh pepper, does interest me because it has a really amazing flavor and not anywhere near the heat you'd expect f because of its dried counterpart. Um, 
the the seeds, everyone says, avoid the seeds, avoid the seeds. The seeds are the second hottest part of the pepper. The flesh is the least hot. That pithy white membrane on the inside, that's the evil guy. So if you really want to avoid spicy hot, but like the flavor of, say, jalapenos or <laughs> scotch bonnets, take out the white part and you get at least minimize some of the heat. So back to that fresh cayenne pepper. Take some of that fresh cayenne pepper. I used to leave the seeds intact. Saute that uh, with some fresh sliced garlic uh, and, interestingly, some thinly sliced ginger in the pan makes the garlic taste garlickier. And it's a really nice contribution. Uh, add some onions if you like that kind of a thing. Uh, and then in a good amount of extra virgin olive oil, add your mostly cooked angel hair or spaghetti. Toss that around a bit. Add an ounce or two of the pasta water to the pan so that it releases uh, some cherry tomatoes. And that's just a great, great lunch or a great dinner. Some of the outliers... Uh, in the spices realm is ginger and turmeric. Both are roots, uh, and ginger is pretty easy to find fresh in the grocery stores. Turmeric is a new addition, sort of, to the grocery stores, um, maybe in the last couple of years. And I think one of the main reasons it's showing up is because people are talking about it having some uh, homeopathic qualities to it. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Some of the other kind of outlier things, cloves, vanilla, black peppercorns, uh, and saffron. Dry ginger, everyone knows dry ginger because it's part of the pumpkin pie spice. Uh, fresh ginger and fresh turmeric can be easily uh, made usable by putting them on a microplane. And you make sort of a little paste out of it. Uh, and then you can add that to your sautés and that's Ginger is in a saute of veggies for like a stir fry. Wow. Nice addition. Now, ginger is going to have, um, it doesn't, so the thing that makes um, spice spicy is called capsicum or capsaicum, or my pronunciation is probably wrong. Ginger has a heat element to it, but it isn't a, it isn't a capsicum hot. It's something else. Go sparingly on ginger until you figure out what your tolerances are. Turmeric, everyone knows the turmeric, the dried stuff, especially because it's that bright yellow spice on the shelf, and it's also the yellow that makes curry powder yellow. Uh, dried turmeric by itself is, it, it has also a kind of a heat to it, but mostly it's sort of a metallic acrid taste, and that doesn't sound very pleasing, and it kind of isn't. So a little bit of turmeric goes a long, long way unless you put it together with a bunch of other spices and make a curry powder. Fresh turmeric does have, it's still the thing, so it's going to have a little bit of that characteristic um, sort of sort of hot, not hot, but sort of warm metallic-iness, but, it's, but it's, it's really nothing compared to the dry. But all that goes away when you add it to, say, vegetables. So one of the things I did, uh, first of all, when you buy fresh turmeric, I only buy a couple of inches at a time because it tends to want to mold quickly and then it's no good. Um, and it's not very expensive. So just buy what you'll use in a couple of days and maybe 
an inch or so per person or two people until, I don't know, whatever you want. Uh, that's how much I use for two. Uh, I make a paste of that on the microplane and then saute uh, some zucchini slices and tomatoes and onions and garlic and a good amount of extra virgin olive oil and put that dry, no, wrong word, put that fresh turmeric paste in that high heat of the oil and let the color come out and you'll smell it. And it really does smell. It smells fantastic. So as a nice veg dish, just a little bit of zucchini with turmeric and stuff. Really, really good. Uh, cloves are a spice that uh, is one of those things. Again, we don't really use a lot of these kind of um, there's a, sort of a non-specific category of fall spices, which is cloves and cinnamon and nutmeg and mace. Uh, and this is all sort of like the pumpkin pie spice stuff. Cloves by themselves, put a couple of them into your rice just to help flavor the rice. Take them out and don't don't use don't use ground cloves. <laughs> no, don't do that. Maybe for your pumpkin pie, but for the rice, add whole cloves. Pull them out before you serve the rice, uh, and it just it's a real nice addition. It's not too powerful, but it has a nice little perfume to it that's like, wow, this is really nice. Um, my strong recommendation is do not eat the cooked clove. Uh, it's still going to have a lot of essential oils in it. And in my experience, it has not been a good one. So pull them out and don't eat them. Uh, black peppercorns. Now, that's probably another show. And that one will be my show. And maybe we'll do that soon. Um, but there's a blog post about black peppercorns, which uh, I'll put a link on today's show notes page, culinarylibertarian.com slash 37 with uh, all of the spice to one page that has all the spices I've uh, written blog posts for. There's a little bit of history about it, some pictures of it in various stages, and just some kind of fun information and recipes. Uh, and then I think the last one I mentioned was saffron. Saffron is the stamen. That's the little thing inside of the flowers that people pull out. It's called the saffron crocus. Uh, between saffron and vanilla, they're, they're, they're vying for most expensive spice per pound. And one of them is going to win. Saffron is probably most famous for either paella or risotto alla milanese, and my apologies to all of you actual Italian speakers. Um, saffron also is popular in some Indian desserts, and they are very much worth finding and making. Now, this is going to bring me to the homeopathic self-care portion of the show. Now, our foods do smell appealing, and they taste better when we use good seasoning, and that's really what these are. And yes, I know salt and pepper are seasonings and spices and herbs are flavorings. Don't email me. Herbs and spices do have health benefits. To obtain all of those benefits from the herbs and spices, you will need to never leave the house and cook and eat all day long. That seems impractical on a variety of levels. To get the benefits of those compounds, we can use something called essential oils. Now, I must make this very important observation. Essential oils can be very potent and some can be irritating to the skin and I mean seriously irritating. Essential oils are not to be toyed with without someone in the know to guide you how to use and portion the proper quantities. 
Uh, anecdotally, a friend of mine purchased some lip balm with, uh, I think it was orange essential oil. The manufacturers did not know what they were doing, and she put it on her lips and it burned her lips. Now, it didn't cause blistering. It just was, it was irritating and aggravating and disappointing because this thing wasn't cheap. It could get a lot worse. So really seriously, this is, this is something that's important to pay attention to. Not all essential oils are the same. I don't really know anything about this business, so I don't know if there is a voluntary alliance amongst producers to help ensure a, a, a quality in production, a quality in finished product, but ask around, uh, find out what people are using, and check to see if there's some way you can, you can know ahead of time that you are getting what it's supposed to be and not some other stuffs. Uh, I suspect a store such as Whole Foods would be an excellent place to start. They seem very sincere in their interest to serve their customers in their best interests. All right, let's move on to spice mixes. Probably the most famous is curry. Uh, to add to the confusion, there is a curry plant. The leaves are used as bay leaves are used, and I'm pretty sure they're edible because I've eaten them. But that's not the same as the spice mix of curry. And to confuse things even more, curry can be a paste made from fresh ingredients, uh, peppers and turmeric and lemongrass and onion and garlic and stuff like that. Or, as we're talking about here, the mixture of dry spices. Uh, other popular spice blends include Chinese spice spice, sambel olek, which is a paste, garam masala, harissa, ras hanout, quatre apices, and pickling spice. Now, pickling spice aside, because that's clearly, obviously, what it's used for, although um, put some into a tea ball or tie it up into a packet with a coffee filter and add that to your well-salted water for cooking shrimp, and it gives the shrimp a real nice little extra flavor. When cooking with most dried spice mixes and adding them to the pan, I've found it is best to first put the spice mix in a small cup and add a little bit of water to it, just enough to make kind of a thick paste. The water adds back what was taken away, moisture, and what is going, and the water is going to buy you time when you add that to the pan to draw the flavors out of the spices. So if you add a tablespoon of curry powder to the hot pan of onions, you've got about two seconds before that curry powder browns and then burns. And as soon as it burns, it's just yuck. You can't save it. And now you've just made trash. Adding water to the spice mix is going to buy you some seconds of time. As that paste goes into the pan, the first thing that's happening is the transfer of energy is turning water into steam. As the spice mix releases its water into the form of steam, the essential oils can be more easily activated to add the flavor to the pan, and it starts, it doesn't burn immediately. You've got a couple of, now you don't have an hour, you have a couple of seconds of time, but that's enough time to respond and add the next thing to the pan so that your spices don't burn. But the depth of flavor you're going to get by adding the 
spice as a paste is so profound it's it's worth doing because it's just like wow this is amazing how did i do that oh yeah in the category of things we've been talking about spices mostly require cooking at the early stages to extract all the flavor partly because they can be big old hunks of pieces of bark like cinnamon or pods like a star anise and that doesn't taste good even when it's been cooked for four hours uh, in at least one case uh, spice near the end of cooking is a plus and that spice is freshly grated nutmeg uh, on cooked fresh spinach trust me on this it'll take spinach to a whole new level you didn't know spinach could be this good even if you don't like spinach try it if you still don't like spinach fine but i'm telling you this is a game changer for fresh spinach it's amazing herbs especially salad herbs need to be added at the end of cooking and in some cases only to the hot food in the pan while it's off the burner basil often appears in recipes for marinara sauce as first thing in but the flavor of fresh herbs all fresh herbs is volatile which means that it goes up with the steam the problem with salad herbs is that flavor entirely goes away whereas with say the cooking herbs yeah you can smell it but it's going to also hang back so let's finish the salad herbs at the end of the marinara sauce the basil flavor is really just a phantom of your imagination your taste buds don't you think it's there because you put it in it's not there add the fresh chopped basil to your pasta dish just before plating and you're going to notice a huge difference and that basil flavor is going to be very profound but the nice thing about adding it at the end is not every single bite is going to be basil you get basil if you have the basil you taste it if you don't you don't so it's a nice a nice change for your for your palate uh, so the same thing goes for adding parsley or chervil or tarragon or chives uh, add them at the end cilantro too uh, oregano and marjoram and rosemary and thyme and the lavender leaves they can take the heat and their flavor is actually going to increase a little bit for the duration of the cooking and sometimes if you've made uh, well in all cases any kind of a stew or soup is better the next day part of the reason in the case of the uh, cooking herbs is their flavor does grow a little bit uh, an easy memory trick terrible word which has at least one obvious flaw is dry first fresh last you can add dry basil to a marinara and make the paste as i mentioned but i will say that dry basil cooked in a sauce tastes like cardboard i find nothing appealing about it and totally overpowering so don't do that spice books are plentiful online find the one which is useful to you and as i've mentioned about the baking books one that speaks to you one that you connect with uh, i've two which i'll put on the show notes page and i've had these well i've had these forever uh, i've had them because i like them because they're good and i understand them and that's really all that matters to me um, the two are jill norman's spices and the rodale book of herbs and 
Uh, again, those will be linked on today's show notes page, culinarylibertarian.com slash 37. And this is, I think, maybe the beginning of kind of a theme. We'll go into more, uh, well, herbs and spice stuff, like maybe 2.0. This was, this was, or will be like, will be like a college. 101, we'll go to 201 next, because uh, I think there's more to talk about uh, with herbs and spices. But as a basic, and you can go even to your local uh, stores and find the plants already started for you. Go put them in the ground and away from the deer. And and let's have a, oh, God, this is terrible. Let's have a flavorful summer. All right, folks, that's going to do it. I mentioned about essential oils, and I heard from my lip balm friend. She sent me a link to a page about how essential oils and more things are checked for quality. There is a link or two you can follow to learn more, and that will be on the show notes page, which is, of course, culinarylibertarian.com slash 37. Some spice mixes are not world famous or even well known, but they should be. Those are the spice blends from Savory Spice. Click through the banner on the show notes page to see what amazing combinations they have. My two favorites, because the kids will eat them, are the Mount Hood Toasted Onion Rub, which is especially yummy in the onion dip recipe, and the County Clare Seasoning Salt. Not too spicy, in fact, not spicy at all, but really good flavor, and even the seven-year-old will eat it. Click the banner or type in culinarylibertarian.com slash savoryspice. Have a good week, and I'll see you soon. Music for the Culinary Libertarian Podcast is provided by Matt Bankert. Click over to mattbankert.com or click the link on the show notes page.